my first job in Jacksonville was caddying at Sawgrass. And so every woman I would meet, they'd say, oh, I really want to learn how to golf. Yeah, but you're not going to go out on your own and practice putting. You would go out on a range if you have no idea what you're doing and no club. So figured I might as well start something for all levels. So whether you were a collegiate golfer or never touched a club before and really experience the magic that happens on a golf course in a female-friendly way. So of course I want more women out doing business on the golf course, but behind it all is that I was in sales and I was calling on all these large organizations and found that there were hardly any female CEOs. I'm like, what can we do to continue to lift up women towards leadership? Because I think the world will be a better place, but my natural tendency is towards fun. So I'm like, well, why don't we try and do this and accomplish this mission, but have some fun while we're at it. Welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast, where we speak with the entrepreneurs, innovators, disruptors, and influencers who are shaping the future of golf. I am your host, Colin Weston, freshly back from the PGA show in Orlando, where I met some amazing people, new people, some people I've also known for a while, some I've been introduced to and met for the first time. And that also includes our guest today, who managed to track me down at the PGA show in the media area. And that particular individual is Jillian Foss, who is the founder of LEGS, which stands for the Ladies Executive Golf Society. So before I introduce Jillian and all the great things that she's doing, and oh, by the way, we did actually shoot a video for our YouTube channel with Jillian. Well, if you're hearing this podcast right now, obviously we published this already, so that's already happened. So yeah, the links below uh, in the show notes, we will include that great conversation I had with Jillian. So you can see her smiling face right there. And she's rocking a really cool hat, not the legs hat she has on today. But yeah, you have a chance to listen to that also. So hey, before we get started here, I did want to mention that we do have the Mod Golf Pro Shop, which we've had up for a couple of months now. And this is a curated site where the brands that I love, the ones that I believe in and I use and support, one of them that's on there is called DeWiz. And I managed to see these guys down in Orlando again. And DeWiz is a swing analyzer, a product that you wear on your wrist, and it does measure and with the graphics that they have there hooked up to your phone. So as far as your swing tempo, your swing length, your swing speed, and also your swing path, which believe me, as a 16 handicapper, I struggle with all of those. So I find with DeWiz, I've been using this for a while and it is really helping. I'm a visual learner and I find with DeWiz, which is D-E-W-I-Z, or my friends in Canada, Z with DeWiz, I strongly encourage you to go have a look at their product. And the best way to find that is on the Mod Golf Pro Shop that I mentioned earlier. And best way to go find out what we have on there is with www.modgolfpodcast.com. And I'll also include the link down below so you can check that out. And also as a Mod Golfer part of our tribe, you get 10% off of your purchase of the DeWiz Swing Analyzer, which you will not get that discount anywhere else. Okay, so enough about that. And the Mod Golf Pro Shop. Let's get right to it. So, Jillian Foss, good to see you. Good to hear you. Welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast. Thanks for having me. Good to see you as always. 
Absolutely, absolutely. It was only like a week and a half ago that we saw each other. We already had planned to have this conversation about legs, the Ladies Executive Golf Society, before the show. But as fate would have it, we had our accidental collision. We ran into each other and uh, I grabbed you and said, hey, you want to do a video shoot? And you went, "Uh, yeah, let's do that. And we made that happen, which was tons of fun. Okay, so I want you to tell our listeners here about legs. Just give us the overview. And before you do, I love the quotes you have in your website. You're a little cheeky, a little irreverent. The one I like here, well, there's lots of them I like. What I like here that pops out is women who can't golf don't, but men who can't do. We are on a mission to change that. So starting with that quote here, tell us about Legs. So Legs primarily is a women's empowerment group that happens to be on the golf course. I've been lucky to reap the benefits of just being on the golf course, whether it's jobs or finding a fiance or creating meaningful, long-lasting connections. My first job in Jacksonville was caddying at Sawgrass. And so every woman I would meet, they'd say, oh, I really want to learn how to golf. I really want to learn how to golf. I'm like, yeah, but you're not going to go out on your own and practice putting. You would go out on a range if you have no idea what you're doing and no club. So figured I might as well start something for all levels. So whether you were a collegiate golfer or never touched a club before and really just experience the magic that happens on a golf course in a female-friendly way. I listened to a podcast the other day and they were talking about how every organization or even every human has their why, but really behind the why. So of course I want more women out doing business on the golf course, but behind it all is that I was in sales and I was calling on all these larger organizations and found that there were hardly any female CEOs. I'm like, what can we do to continue to lift up women towards leadership? Because I think the world will be a better place. But my natural tendency is towards fun. So I'm like, well, why don't we try and do this and accomplish this mission, but have some fun while we're at it? Have some fun. I like that. I heard a quote. I'm a big Formula One fan. And with the Red Bull team, not that they're my favorite team, but I really respect what they've been doing. The founder of Red Bull, who just passed away a couple of months ago, he had a big sign slogan apparently at Red Bull and also with their F1 factory that said, no risk, no fun. So I have a feeling that you embrace that mantra also. For sure. I'm a self-identified skier, mountain bike chick, but when I moved to Florida, there were no skiing and mountain biking, but there was golf. I think golf, you could still get the adrenaline rush of hitting a shot and then it just barely nicking the sand trap and then going into the hole or just that feeling you get when you hit it crisp and hit that perfect shot. So yeah, I think for me, it's been a risk as an entrepreneur, leaving my cushy insurance and finance job and jumping off a cliff to do this. But I think if you just put in the work and chip in day by day, it continues to grow and focus on your successes and deal with the challenges knowing that you can get through it. Love this. Love this. So if I understand, and you touched on this earlier, (laughs) that with legs, you launched this on 2018. So you've been thinking about it even before that. So what was that, not only the aha moment that you saw that there was something here to put together, but what was that first step? Because it really takes a lot of courage to do this, to decide rather than just sit around with some friends over drinks to talk about stuff that we don't do. And all of us have done (laughs) that a lot. You actually made the effort and the focus 
took that leap to make this happen. So tell me a little bit about that, so the early days of formulating legs. Who were you talking to? Where did you see this opportunity and the market validation of this, that you're not duplicating something that's already out there, even though there's lots of room and a lot of space for growth? So tell us about that, the, the early days from going from an idea to actually launching legs. Yeah, well, it started off as a side hustle, and I'd, I'd love to give credit to my boss, who was an amazing mentor. And he brought me down to South Florida to meet Rich Rogers, who uh, basically did all of his business on the golf course and had this group called Six Degrees, which is kind of like B&I on the golf course, where you only have one marketer, one insurance. So I went and I experienced that, but I just felt there was such a need for women. My boss also said, oh, you like to golf, you should join EWGA, which is now LPGA Amateurs. But I'm like, well, the thing about women golfers is sometimes they take it too seriously. (laughs) They follow all the rules, they putt every gimme putt, where if you're just trying to have fun or get started, that wasn't really the group for you. There are a lot of groups across the nation that have similar missions, but I think each organization has a certain personality where we are a little bit more rebellious and kind of a blend of, hey, we want to kick ass professionally, but we want to do good in the community. But we don't think that being a professional woman and having fun need to be mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm especially because women have husbands, kids, jobs. They're very dynamic. They're busy. They don't have time to play 18 holes. So we, we play nine and drink wine. And sometimes we play four and drink more. But we try and be that platform. So if you need to come for some self-care or you need to smash balls and not walls for stress relief, or if you need to get your skills at a point where you can join charity golf tournaments and say yes and start inviting clients to golf, we hope to be that place that you can meet new people, network, and use legs to be successful. So it started off just as a side hustle. And then I have a gut that is just so loud. And so January of last year, it just kept on screaming at me, basically, like, you need to do legs full time. So it was just a matter of getting finances in order and planning and then just telling my company like, hey, I really want to follow my passion. And they were very supportive. And I think over the years, people are like, oh, that's such a good idea. That's, oh, well, maybe this is a good idea. Maybe I should go with it. Love this. Love this. So yeah, the idea, as they say, ideas are like less than 1% of what it takes in entrepreneurship and creating a product or an experience or a venture in this case. In order to execute that, what were the first steps? You're in South Florida, so did you use that as your testing ground for legs? As we say, you'd, first you need to nail it, figure out what works on a small scale, whether that's through a digital product with a certain market or physically in an area before you then scale it. How did you first nail it with legs before you decided to scale it? It literally started with a flyer and a sticker. <laughs> I just was like, okay, if I create a flyer and a sticker, so these chapters that are starting... The hardest part is finding a partner course. Some courses are in line and they're like, yes, we want to get more women to golf. Others are not as open to it. But today I had a conversation with the Tampa president and she's like, it's funny because nobody wanted us. And now all these fancy courses are knocking at our door and they want to work with us at whatever cost. So started in Jacksonville for about, I guess, four years, but then on Instagram or email, people would reach out and they say, hey, do you like a chapter in Atlanta or here? And so I just would always say, not yet, 
but wait for 2022 and just have some amazing presidents that are such a good fit for that role. And my background before all this was research. So kind of approaching the business as a science experiment where, hey, let's try it. And maybe it won't work, but nothing has to be perfect. So we're constantly making improvements. I think that's the biggest challenge is making sure that you have consistent processes across the board, but just trial and error. Like, hey, let's just see if it will happen, if we can make it work. And so far, so good. You said so many inspiring insights there especially on the experimentation side. I know people that are listening that are thinking about entrepreneurship or they have some ideas, whatever that could be in, in whatever space, it may be in golf, it may be in, in a completely different market sector or industry. And the fear and trepidation from the way we were all grown up and groomed and indoctrinated through school, the pass or fail and the shame that failure has attached to that without mark. And sometimes you don't try then because you don't want to fail. The way you put that very nicely is just trying things, put it out there and there is no perfect and don't wait for something to be in your mind, perfect or ready to ship. Just get it out there, get some feedback, listen to people, see what people love and do more than that. The things that maybe you thought were going to be awesome and maybe don't resonate as much, do less of that or get rid of that and try some other things and keep iterating so that the book and the methodology called The Lean Startup, it sounds like you've applied that to creating a women's golf community, which is kind of awesome. Well done. Yeah, there's a really amazing woman in Jacksonville. Her name's Donna Orinder, and she was president of WNBA VP at PGA. And she had this speech, and she was like, if you're planning your trip from Florida to San Francisco, and you want to wait until you get all green lights, you're never going to go. So like perfection is the opposite of go. I had an uncle that died in an avalanche that was successful. And obviously, to be successful, you do have to take risks. And what that taught me was just do it. It's the worst that can happen. Even if you fail, you're at least trying and doing something that you love. And then you can always go back to insurance or or whatever. But if you want it badly enough, you can make it happen. No, I love your mindset and your approach there. And I agree completely. And I don't know how it is in your family, but uh, I did not grow up in an entrepreneurial family very much get a job or have a career and stick with that. In the first half of my career in architecture, that's what I did. So once I deviated from that, changed course 10 years ago, more as an accidental entrepreneur with the first things that uh, we were doing in the sport entertainment space. And fair enough, I didn't explain it that well to my dad either. He was quite worried. I think he thought I either had a gambling issue or maybe it was alcohol or something else. I had, of course, I had an entrepreneurial addiction. And his biggest feedback and his worry and trepidation was, well, what if it doesn't work out? But I would then say, well, but what if it does? What if it actually then works out better than you can even imagine or these other opportunities? And I know myself, I didn't start out thinking about doing a podcast and these other things I'm doing in entrepreneurship, but I've met all these amazing people over the last five, 10 years. I've course corrected and changed just because other opportunities have presented themselves and kind of built on these other things that we've learned along the way. So I agree a hundred percent with that. And I'm not trying to be naive here or kind of sugarcoat it. You know, things can go wrong and entrepreneurship is hard as you and I know. But mm-hmm. ultimately, what if it does go right? What are these other opportunities like meeting Jillian Foss and all these other <laughs> great humans? Right. What if that yeah. happens? And it does happen. And you just never know what the potential of that is as far as that mindset of growth, that mindset of plentitude rather than fear and scarcity. And I can tell you certainly embrace that, which is fantastic. Yeah. So when I I moved to Jacksonville before being a caddy, I was going to work in some research lab, was runner up, didn't get the job. So I told myself, all right, if I move to Jacksonville, 
and I get the job, I'll start right away. If I don't, I'm going to go to Guatemala, work in this cooking school and spend two weeks that way. And, and I worked with this lady from Spain and she was an investment banker, miserable in her job. And she asked herself, if I could do one thing every day, what would it be? And she said cooking. So she started this cooking school in Guatemala. When I got there to volunteer with her, it was, it was literally failing, like on its way out. And she told me, she's like, it's not a failure because I learned this new skill. And that's just kind of me right now. I'm learning all these different skills because entrepreneurship, you kind of have to wear a lot of hats. Yeah. I'm like, well, how do I want to be remembered the day that I have kids? Do I want to be remembered as the insurance lady or do I want to be remembered as doing something cool and different and making an impact on women's lives? Yeah. All about legacy in that case there. Absolutely. Back to legs here. So let's talk about the early days. Just as far as that original strategy of looking about what could be, and I know you've refined and changed and pivoted as you receive more insights and you've grown and flourished, but where did you see the opportunity? Because there are other women-supported golf organizations out there, whether they're just local in certain cities or it just focuses on teaching or a certain element. What were you inspired by? Where did you see the opportunity to say, we're going to do this and this is how we're going to execute? And those first couple of people that you got on board as partners or advisors to help you, because in entrepreneurship, we cannot do this alone. Otherwise, it's going to be very slow and very painful. So yeah, tell me a little bit about that as far as where you saw the, the original vision and the strategy to roll it out with legs. Golf obviously was created by men for men. And so it's kind of traditional in essence. And I think lately there's been this next generation of golfers, maybe Top Golf started it, where it's making it more accessible and not, hey, you need to show up, play 18 holes and play by the rules. And people want music and wine. And as a woman, I know what women want. And they wanted something, for example, Guys want to go out, play their own ball. If you're just starting as a golfer, scramble format is perfect because if you hit it in the woods or duff it, you just pick it up and you just hope that one person on your team hits a good ball. And so it's more collaborative, which is in our nature, being more collaborative and supportive where men are talking shit and like want to play 36 holes as fast as they can, where women are like, you whip the ball, let's cheer for her. So thinking in the mind of a woman, like what does she want out of golf and creating that experience? We started off alternating between lessons and nine and wine, but then I found that like women that were beginners are like, oh, I'll wait for the next lesson because I'm not good enough yet. And so then we started doing the option of a lesson or nine and wine, and then all coming together for the networking because I think that's where the magic happens is that mm -hmm. vulnerability on the course where I always get a little bit of first hole jitters and people are like, why? I'm like, I don't know. You kind of thinking like, oh, I better not embarrass myself. But women need to know that everybody embarrasses themselves on the golf course. <laughs> yes. Every, even pros. But if you don't take that risk and give yourself the opportunity, surprise yourself with how amazing you might be, you're missing out. Just wanted to create a very female-friendly, safe space for women to experience golf in the way that they want to. Gotcha. Gotcha. We are now going to take a short break to tell you about something new from the Mod Golf Podcast. I'm excited to announce the launch of the Mod Golf Pro Shop, where you, as part of our Mod Golf community, receive exclusive discounts on curated golf products that I love and support. 
We are partnering with DeWiz, Deuce, Kinona, Back to Basics Golf, Project 72 Golf, and Odin Golf to provide a curated selection of golf essentials to help you play better and look great while you're doing it. Use promo code MODGOLF for between 10 and 20% off your purchases to receive the best exclusive pricing that our partners offer. Go to www.modgolfpodcast.com to check out the golf gear that our fabulous brand partners are ready to deliver to your doorstep. That's the Mod Golf Pro Shop at www.modgolfpodcast.com. So what I love about what you're doing with legs here is there's such opportunity, what they call the multi-billion dollar business opportunity for golf to engage with even just a small fraction of women and women now as busy professionals juggling a lot of aspects in their lives, whether they have families or just with friends and other commitments that they actually have that for golf, it makes complete sense to get them involved for that social and business aspect of that. And myself having between Elisa Godet, founder of Women's Golf Day, and other amazing women entrepreneurs on the program. But what I'm learning and gathering here is this is not a small or even like set finite size to this market. It's expanding and there's even more room for growth and for everybody to participate in. So with that, I want to ask this, just as far as your users, as they call your personas, the people that either you're looking to attract or you have attracted already. I want to throw this out there and give the example of my wife, very athletic woman, loves to participate in a lot of different things from running, paddleboarding, cycling, and tennis, was a figure skater when she was growing up but doesn't golf. Maybe that's because she wants to spend less time with me. Maybe that's it. And that's a valid reason. I can understand that. But for her, I know the pain points, even though she'll play pitch and putt and go out every once in a while with me to do that with some friends. For her, it's because her other friends don't play. She doesn't have that. So I want to hear from you with legs, a woman like my wife, how do you engage with her and her friends and then take that first step to then onboard to have a positive experience, which I cannot seem to bridge that gap for her, nor maybe I'm not the person to do it. So yeah, using my wife as an example here, how would you onboard her with legs? I think your wife is the most perfect case study. And the golf haters are my favorite ones to convert because they probably hate golf because they golf with their husband or significant other or somebody who's trying to tell them what to do. I even see it with my dad and my mom. I'm like, dad, stop telling mom what to do. (laughs) Um, All the research on loneliness as an epidemic, how it's worse for you than obesity and smoking combined. Over the years, these organized activities have declined drastically where you used to go bowling with your friends on Thursday. So building that community is important because I think if you leverage the success in the collective of women, that is how you'll be successful. I think for your wife in particular, I've heard every excuse on the books. And so uh-huh. we, I don't have clubs. Don't worry. Like we've got clubs for you. I suck at golf. It's okay to suck. We all suck at golf, but nobody really likes doing what they're not good at. My friends that are like, hey, join this beach volleyball club. I'm going to get smacked in the face with this volleyball. I'm going to embarrass <laughs> myself. All right, I'll go. But people just want to do what they're good at. And golf is one of those frustrating sports where it takes time and effort and patience. But I think if you just focus on baby steps, for example, I've been golfing for half my life, but did a putting lesson last night. And I was like, oh, I never knew about that. So if you have this lifelong learner mentality and know that nobody's concerned about your shot, they're more concerned about their own shot. 
that you're not going to embarrass yourself. I think if you just go out there to have fun and put less pressure on yourself, some people are perfectionists. Wanting her to know that legs is that opportunity to find more girlfriends. Like we have our own communication platform called Foreplay. So you can be like, hey, who wants to play nine on Friday with me? Yeah, she might like tennis more. Or she might like sports that aren't as frustrating. But the beauty about golf, you can play it for the rest of your life with or without your husband. We've got a legs retreat in June. And it's like, man, guys go on golf trips all the time. And these women are missing out. Let's do a women's golf trip and let's do whatever we can to give these women that bug because I do think it will help them in business and in life. There's just so many metaphors and life lessons that happen on the golf course that can be translated to whatever it is that you're going through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, agreed. Agreed. I'm curious, just as far as new members and if you want to get it through that you want to call it a customer acquisition funnel or marketing funnel, that original onboarding, obviously got to raise awareness first of legs. And I'm wondering if it's more word of mouth from women and, and their other friends of having a positive experience. Do you have anything in place where I'm thinking for my wife also if her and three other friends or even one other friend signed up rather than just her on her own and then showing up for some event and I don't know what to do, the etiquette, I'm not comfortable with this, even though she's an outgoing person. Is that something that you promote to try to get groups of people or more than one woman at one time to actually bring a friend? Or tell me about that a little bit as far as where you find the most success or traction for getting new members to come on board for their first legs experience. So funny you mentioned this because I literally had our director of membership here and we're diving into this. She's becoming an instructor at Pure Bar and Pure Bar has done an amazing job of that process of once somebody comes to their first class, what happens? So we're actually working on creating our own ultimate guide to golf. So this playbook for women to give them some of the tools that they need. And we are doing referral bonuses you get five members of reward system. We have the scorecard as an engagement strategy where if you complete the nine, then you get two extra drink tickets. So as we're growing in its infancy, our number one core value is the more the merrier. And so we want people to be encouraged to bring their friends. We've got some more corporate memberships. So working with companies that maybe have five women that they can go to all legs events for free and promote the company. A lot of these larger organizations have their own women's networks, but that will only take you so far. So we, we did a partnership with the Jacksonville Jaguars on Women's Equality Day. If you have this knowledge from a lot of different industries and come together intentionally, what are the main topics that executive women want to talk about and kind of make it like a mastermind group within it? So we've got a lot of initiatives that we're working on just as far as exactly what you said creating that 90-day plan of like once somebody becomes a member or once they go to their first event. But the wonderful thing about working with women is that women talk. So if they have, yes. if you give them a, a great experience, they're going to tell 10 other people. If you give that same thing to a man, they'll be like, cool, that was awesome. And then that's it. So it's been more organic. What I love about it is that if somebody moves to town, then other women are like, oh, you need to check out legs because it's this filter of other ambitious women that like to do good in the community and want to improve themselves in golf and professionally. Nice. But it wasn't always that way. In the beginning, it took a lot of bludgeoning, I'd say, on LinkedIn, you know. <laughs> so 
what golf courses have, if they have, say, a women's group, it's only within their members, but we use LinkedIn and we're connected to the business community to bring more women that maybe normally wouldn't be a member at a country club to that experience and potentially joining. You know, once women have more financial autonomy, then they're going to be the ones that are going to be joining the country club, making those financial decisions. Absolutely. And from the conversations I've had from golf and country club owners and operators, women are the, the decision makers and the gatekeepers for the family. It's the men that want to get on the golf course and they're looking at the quality of the golf course and, and getting all excited about that. But with women, it's also what are the other amenities? What are the other experiences you have for me and my family and even my children in a lot of cases? And also they are making the big decisions ultimately, whether it's for a wedding or for whatever celebration it could be, a bar mitzvah or whatever that could, that could be that you're holding to spend, like we're talking those big dollars, that five figure range of expenditures rather than for a golf shirt or a, a sleeve of balls. Right. So let's pull back and take more of a 30,000 foot view of legs started in Jacksonville. That was your beachhead, as we call it, where you figured all this out. So how many other cities or communities are you in? Or if you, I don't know if you call them franchises or you tell me. So, so tell us about where you are right now with legs across the United States with how many chapters you may have and how the growth is looking in 2023. Yeah. So my goal is to have a chapter in all 50 states in the next five years. Florida obviously is an amazing market for golf because there's golf courses everywhere and the weather is fine where we're looking at Minnesota and Utah, Wyoming, Colorado, and the Northeast. Those ones kind of have five months of golf in the year, yes. and then, but there's a lot more of those indoor golf facilities that have bar and food and a good ambiance for these types of events. But we're in all major markets in Florida, so Jacksonville, Boca, Miami, Orlando, Tampa, Fort Myers, we're about to get Fort Lauderdale started. There's a couple courses that are owned by females in Florida, and they understand the challenges of getting women into the sport. So they're really supportive. And at that moment last year in January, when I finally wasn't pretending and doing what I thought should means being successful Mm -hmm. and listening to my sole dream, I'm like, I want to do legs full time. I want to focus on building these amazing communities. And then a big part of confidence is you look good, you feel good, you play good. And I found that it's so hard to find women's golf clothes that aren't frumpy and give you an opportunity to express your personality in what you wear. And so long-term pipe dream, I'd love to bring legs into a brand that is a little funky and unexpected and make women feel confident in what they're wearing on the golf course. Well, I can make some introductions if you don't already have that in place. Some previous guests, this is the beauty of the podcast, of some of the friendships that I've made over the years. Two I can think of right now, uh, one is Lisa O'Hurley with Lola Sport, who was at the show, if you saw them, and also fabulous women out of California with uh, Kinona, with a K. So uh, I can certainly give you those connections there, because I think there's some great opportunities, some synergies there for potential collaborations. Uh, Absolutely. So. So, hey, I'm also very interested to hear some stories. When we were shooting our, our video at the PGA show there, you were, you're a great storyteller. So I'd love to hear a success story from 
an event that you've had, well, first two success stories, one from an event that really exceeded your expectations and puts a smile on your face that's happened. And also one woman, one example, I'm sure you can pull out hundreds of a success story of someone that like my wife, refusing golf, resisting golf. And now they've had such a great experience with legs that now they're like all in not just for the golf, but also for the social aspects and also for the business connectivity. So yeah, one event and uh, and one woman. Can you share some stories, please? So I'll start with the Tampa kickoff event. There was this one lady and she said, I literally sat in my car for 15 minutes just to muster up the courage to show up. Mm. And after the event, she's like, oh my gosh, it was so amazing because we really understand and try and nurture those feelings and fear of embarrassment that women are feeling. But then once they come, they're like, oh, that was no big deal. That was so much better than I thought it was. We get stories of that all the time. I was so nervous. And then they leave with a couple friends or a couple meetings that they could potentially do business with or win a client. As far as events, it was that Jacksonville Jaguars Women's Equality Day event that we did because the Jacksonville Jaguar ladies, they're women in sports, which is a minority in that field. And they were like, I've never even driven a golf cart. They had no idea. But then blending them with the legs members, talking, getting these stories, because what we would do, we have a partnership with PGA Tour Superstore. So in order to get women to talk out to the group after doing the roundtables, we would give them PGA gift cards or bottles of wine and hearing stories of women that were immigrants from Soviet Union that had nothing. And it was their first event and having daughters and wanting to create a future that is better for our daughters and granddaughters and being a part of that. Thinking more outside of yourself. Like I'm not just doing it for me. I'm doing it because every single person I believe, you know, you can look at the world like the world's terrible place and everything's going to hell or or you could say, hey, I'm going to do my part. Whether you're a janitor or a CEO, just focus on your values and what you think is important and thinking long term, like how can we make the world better for our daughters and granddaughters? Mm, love that. Love that. So if there's women out there listening that A, may want to have their first golf experience, let's talk about that in a moment. But let's talk about these other cities and other chapters as you're expanding across the United States. You said you ambitiously you want to be everywhere, including Alaska with their short golf season. Although at the height of summer, they can play 24 hours there because they have the midnight sun, which I've never done yet, which would be pretty exciting. So let's say there's women out there that are listening and saying, well, I've gone to the Legs website, which you'll give us the link in a minute here. I see there's not a chapter in my city right now. So for you to grow, to scale, since you have what we call high touch, you have to have people on the ground. How can someone reach out to you to then create a new community? And how do you go about doing that? How do you create these new chapters and communities where you're not on the ground yet? Personal referrals are the best because we've had some women reach out, say, hey, we want to start a leg chapter here. And sometimes it's not the right fit. If they're in a sales role or a business development role where it's mutually beneficial for them to get in front of these women to do business, somebody that has this very welcoming, gregarious type of personality, they don't necessarily have to be an expert at golf, but passionate about women's empowerment. All the legs presidents are total rock stars. They're overachievers. They're doing their career to the highest degree, and then they take on legs. So it's nice to collaborate with each other to continually shoot for excellence. 
So yes, we're looking for presidents that want to lead the mission. They can go to legs.golf. When they subscribe, they can see what areas we're in. And then if they're not, they can message us on Instagram at Ladies Executive Golf Society or email Jillian at legs.golf. Wonderful. So as I always do in the show notes for this episode, I will include all the links that Jillian had just mentioned there. I will also have a bio page for you. So you can connect with Jillian on there also. So to finish up here, my last question. So the future, let's even just talk about this upcoming year here. Of course, we're recording this in the depths of winter in uh, 2023, just after the PGA show. So for this year coming up, what's getting you excited? Tell us about one event, perhaps something that's a little bit of a stretch for you, something that you haven't really done before, that building on everything else that you, you've done. So tell us about one event that's coming up that not only excites you, but maybe even as an entrepreneur scares you a little bit because it's going to be challenging and trying something new. So is there something there that you can share with us? I think the first retreat, we've been wanting to do a retreat for years, that and then we are launching a Swinging to Success series. We're philanthropic in nature, and so this is our opportunity to connect locally with an organization. Their name is Brown Girls in the Boardrooms. It's basically a four-part series where we get all these women of legs that have business advice, experience, and acumen, and then these young girls that maybe would never be exposed to golf that are in that mentality of how do I be successful in an interview or getting a job or finding a mentor? But then what I'd love is more donations for golf clubs because we've done a partnership event with this organization. And I literally called the CEO and I was like, I am losing sleep over this because I don't feel like we made an impact. I don't think these women are going to go out and golf now. We need to do a more in-depth series where by the end of it, and when they graduate, they will feel confident enough to go out and golf. Because the first time you golf, it's like, oh my God, it's really hard. (laughs) So it's like, of course, they're not going to come back. But if we create this mentorship program where they have somebody say they want to be a pilot or they want to be in construction, then we can connect them with the right person that has those connections and advice and are an advocate for their own success. Like that, like that. Okay, so to finish up here. Not that I want this as an investor pitch or coming from your slide deck, but let's distill it all down. So for all Mm -hmm. these refusing golf women out there, or maybe even lapsed golf women, because just lifestyles and families and professional responsibilities, time being that sparsest commodity that we seem to have these days in our hectic modern lifestyles. So let us know not the features that you offer, but let us know the benefits. So really distill that down. What are the benefits for women that LEGS offers here to finish up? So benefits for the individual or benefits for companies that want to partner with us? Let's talk about both and even the benefits for the golf course because you're a multi-sided marketplace here where you've got to get the golf courses and clubs on board. Companies even better because then you can scale. So rather than having just one woman coming in at one time, then all of a sudden within an organization, you could have a hundred or a thousand potential women coming in under the banner of that organization. So maybe I'm complicating this question here, but it seems like, yes, between individual women, companies, and also the golf club. So talk about the benefits that you offer for everybody and the value that you add. For women, twofold. So professionally, if you go to a chamber event, it's kind of like, this icky networking where you're like handing out cards and you're just like, yeah. oh my God. 
where with legs is just this organic networking where you're going to have these really strong and meaningful business connections. I've brought in over 300,000 in revenue just from legs in my other business. And then friendships, it's so hard to make girlfriends as you get older in life. And so having friendships and those are probably the two main benefits we're all tribal in nature and giving you a tribe of women that can support you and have your back. The confidence to not be left in the office when all your male counterparts mm. are going out for a golf event, it can make an impact in women's career development. Like if you're out golfing with the CEO, you might be first in line for a promotion or an opportunity, or at least you're getting to know that CEO on a deeper level. For organizations, the economics behind it have tons of stats that when you focus on elevating women, it's going to impact your profitability. Having a diverse board will impact your ability to withhold recession. So there's definitely a financial ROI for companies investing in women. The way that we have it structured, there's a lot of sponsorship and recognition benefits that are included in that. So you'll get a loud and clear message in favor of women's empowerment, which is definitely a good look right now. So I'm going to send you this Paul's hat. It's our man ambassador program because we love our men counterparts and mentors and that if we want to be successful, we need to include them in the conversation. So BALS stands for Brothers Advocating for Legs Ladies. And any men out there Love want it. to become an, become an ambassador, uh, same thing, shoot me an email and we'll get you on the ambassador list and what that all entails. For clubs, 25000 in revenue is what you can expect in the first two years because between greens fees and food and beverage and then a lot of these women are at the ages of weddings or events, so an extra 60000 in revenue on events. It's in it for them, but it has to be a good fit. I right. love work with the clubs that are all on board. You don't want it to be this constant battle and challenge just to be on the course. That's my pitch deck. <laughs> there we go. Nailed it. You nailed it. Good stuff. So... As I mentioned earlier, in the show notes below, you can find out everything about the Ladies Executive Golf Society, Legs, at legs.golf. And I'm excited for where you're going. You're just getting started. You're just scratching the surface here. So we're, we're definitely going to have to follow up in uh, a year or two and get you back on the podcast to see where you've gone and expanded on your Legs entrepreneurial journey. So with that, Jillian Foss, founder of Legs, thanks so much for joining me again on the Mod Golf Podcast, this time remotely. You from Salt Lake City, Utah, I believe you're, you're located today. And I'm here in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia not together in Orlando, but I do encourage, as I mentioned, hey, if you enjoyed this conversation and you want to see uh, our smiling faces in video, check us out on our YouTube channel there with Mod Golf also. We've got the video on there that I'll have in the show notes too. So, hey, Jillian, thanks so much for joining me today on the Mod Golf Podcast. So great to see you again. This is so fun. Thank you, Colin. Appreciate it. So that's a wrap for this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation about entrepreneurship in the golf industry, you can find more compelling episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen in. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on our homepage to hear about upcoming episodes and to enter our latest golf product giveaway. I'm your host, Colin Weston. Thanks very much for joining me. Bye for now. <laughs>